Bachelor Life with Brent and Jeff. Weekends! I go for the weekends! Good evening and welcome to The Altar Life. What's up? I'm Jeff and we are so excited to continue on in our Ephesians series. Tonight we are in episode 8. Yeah, that's right. Episode 8. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17. Tonight's topic is out with the old, in with the new. And um, we're going to be focusing on the old man, putting that away, putting on the new man, and what it looks like. You know, what things should we refrain from and what things we should be doing as new believers, new creations. Episode 8 of our Ephesians series, Jeff. I can't believe it were, it seems like it was just yesterday when we were cracking the book open. But, um, yeah, this is episode 8. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you're speechless. <laughs> I don't know any other. Wow. I don't know any other other languages. So <laughs> English is my second language. I don't have a first. So uh, this I say, therefore, getting right into it tonight. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. <laughs> I feel like that's my life. Yeah. Futility. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Well, at least I guess I'm more thinking about my other job. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> utility. It just seems like I'm just Groundhog Day every day. But um, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who having who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. You know, Paul talking about living the. You know, last week talking about living the life that you were called to live, you know, and, and fulfilling the calling that God has given you. And so we talked about unity last week and, and you know, the calling of being unified is in, in one body. And I guess this is the contrast to that, right, of, you know, living, don't live like the rest of the Gentiles live. You know, they're, they're walking a different direction. You know, he described how to walk and now it's Look, there's a there's a way not to walk, and he's going to paint that picture for us, which is good because as we continue on in the next couple episodes we have, where he's going to continue to talk about how we should walk. You know, first unity. Now here's the contrast: don't walk like this, and then he's going to keep going and talking about some other areas that we can walk in. Um, he's painting a picture of the the godless here, and um, you know, this is a, an edification for us to, you know, it's a good opportunity to look at ourselves and to. You know, kind of like one of those moments, like we like to say, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself kind of kind of moments where, you know, you can just, you just he describes the, you know, the way that the, the world walks and, and how we shouldn't be that way. So we're going to keep going with that tonight. And we're going to keep right on going. We got a lot of material to cover tonight. And uh, Paul says, don't walk like the Gentiles in the futility of their mind. And that just makes me think of. You know, in Ephesus, they had the, I think this is where they had the temple to the goddess Diana, and they had, you know, this is one of the wonders of the world and all this stuff, and um, they probably thought they had a lot, they were high-minded, you know, they were great thinkers and all that stuff, and it was all futile. You know, I, I think I, when I read Futility of the Mind, you, you think like, oh, they're stupid. Like, it, that's like your first interpretation of it, I think, when you just look at that, and then you're like, wait, no, it's, they were, their, their, their mind and all their knowledge that they thought they had was futile it it was in the wrong stuff and he says having their understanding darkened what a contrast that is remember when we look back at in our eyes wide open episode and he says i'm praying that your understanding would be enlightened 
and that's what God is going to do for the believers. These people have their understanding dark and being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. This doesn't sound like a good group of people. We don't want to be associated with them. And that's why Paul's laying out the contrast here of the old versus the new, because this is what we once were before we were in Christ. And he's going to talk about that. Um, But I just think that's amazing that he says that they're past feeling. You get to a point where things don't bother you anymore. And we'll continue to talk about that. There's so much to get into with this. I I feel like we're only going to scratch the surface, but Paul is really painting a bleak picture of what it's like to not be with Christ and not to have the new man. As um, we're focusing on tonight, he says, they're ignorant, they're blind, they're past feeling. You know what that means is basically, you know, when you play guitar and you press down on the strings and it hurts when you first start playing and stuff like that. And you build the calluses and you just don't feel it anymore. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what he's talking about. And and it's dangerous because as believers, we can get to that point too, where we, we compromise and we sin. And I've gotten to that point, unfortunately, in my life. Um in the past and where you just get to a point, you start pushing the, pushing the boundaries, pushing the boundaries of, and these people as unbelievers are just like trying to find that next thing. You know, they're on the ever, the endless search of fulfillment, which is what it's like to be without Christ. It's just a dire situation, but it's like not, there's no boundaries for you. You just go past and there's no, you don't even have a conscience. Like even unbelievers have a conscience of what's right and wrong. It's been placed on their heart. You get to a point where it's just like, doesn't matter. I want to, fulfill whatever I want with greediness you know like they're greedy for it they just want to do that and then he contrasts that and says you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus he's like no if you have Christ it's not like that for you isn't that great news yeah it's it's interesting because when you think about I was just thinking about back to that numbness you know the the people that he's describing don't get it anymore like they've fallen a they've fallen to a deaf ear almost and and <clears throat> you know where they used to feel bad they don't feel bad anymore and they're decent that's a scary place to be i mean that is you know tonight that's an interesting thing to ask yourself you know you can think back maybe to a time where what you were involved in was something that wasn't that you knew you were doing something wrong <laughs> you know there was a your conscience was telling you that it was incorrect it was not something you should be a part of you know are you involved in something now where you knew you used to feel that way and now you don't anymore? It's like, I just do it naturally. <laughs> it's like, I do it and I don't give, even think twice. And that is a really scary place to be because that means that you've been, you're in such good practice that you're numb, just like he's been describing here tonight. And, you know, it's a good, good you know, encouragement to look at ourselves that way. You know, in contrast to being numb and to, you know, Paul is encouraging the, the believer, you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard him have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which goes corrupt according to the seeful lust. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You know, he's pointing people back to the truth that's in Jesus. And, you know, if you're in that place where, you know, you're numb and you're like, what happened to me? <laughs> like yeah. the way you get out of that, right? The, the tangible, you know, it's like, yeah, it's nice. You know, I'm so stuck in it now. It's not worth changing. No, the way you get back to, feeling and the way you get back to seeing and understanding is you just read truth like truth highlights the dark highlights the dark in the dark you know it's like when you turn on a light when it's pitch black and you you know i always like to think of the glow of my phone my smartphone it's like the blue glow you know and (laughs) and you don't see it when it's light in the room 
you know, no one sees the blue glow. But if you turn the light off and then you start using your phone, you would see this blue glow, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that's the way it is, you know? The light of Jesus, the truth of Jesus shines in the darkness. And, you know, that truth that he's talking about in verse 21 enables us to know how to put off the things, you know, to put off the old man, you know, and, um, you know, to not follow those deceitful lusts. Yeah. When you start to see things, when God enlightens your eyes, you know, when he opens up your mind to the truth, you start to see these, these lusts for what they really are, which are destructive and leading to death in the, in the, in the life of a person. And once you realize that, once you see like that grim reaper hanging over you, you're like, whoa, I need to stop this now. Thank you, Lord, for opening my eyes to this. And uh, once you've come to that, everybody has to come to that decision ultimately where they're going to renounce the old life, you know, whatever it may be. You may have renounced, you know, been a sinner your entire life and you just were lying, thieving, no good, nothing, and then you got saved at the age of five. You know, like that's what a lot of people's testimonies are. But then there are some of the people that have racked up a whole life of debt in sin. But you, everybody comes to a point where they're like, okay, it's either continue down this path where I'm just going to destruction, or I'm going to go this new way, this new way that may be difficult, but the end is life. And that's what Paul's encouraging the Ephesian church to do. He's saying, you know. This stuff is corrupt, you know, the former things that you did, let's be renewed in the spirit of our minds. Put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And I think it's interesting the verbiage he uses here, like put off the old man, put on the new man. It's almost like take off your dirty clothes and put on some clean ones. (laughs) It's kind of like, you know, and, and, and it's an action. It's like we have a decision, right? We have, we have a... It's not like we're victim to our circumstances, you know, and we often think that we are. We often think that, well, this is all I know. This is how I, this is what was shown to me as I I grew up. This was what all my friends are doing, so I'm just victim to my scenario, you know, and that's the way the Gentiles walked, you know, like the rest of everyone, the rest of the Gentiles walked that way. And you know, we know the truth. I mean, we can look in the word and we can see the truth. And I guess Paul's encouraging these believers to not walk the way that they have seen that the rest of the Gentiles walk, to be called out to be separate. Um, Jesus has already paid paid for it. I mean, he's already freed us from this stuff. You know, it's not like we're held bondage. If you're a believer tonight, you're not held bondage by the sin anymore. Like he's freed you from that. You, there is complete and utter power from the Lord for you to put off the old and put on the new. You know, it's not like your powerless in this situation. You can't specifically do it, but yeah. Jesus can do it for you if you allow him to. And, um, you know, so that that's the power of Christ that we have, that he says, you know, you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. He's calling us to be set apart. He's calling us to be holy, which means set apart, right? For him. Um, and I, I just, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like, because I, I know I'm this way. You know, I look at my life and I, I love to make excuses for my sin. I love to make excuses for, you know, why I should watch this TV show, why I should act this way. You know, I'm justified in acting this way because they're jerks and, you know, and that's how everyone would act, right? You know, it's like we love to, you know, we love the association of everybody else to make us feel good about our sin, you know? And um, don't walk 
according to the way the Gentiles walk. That was the way you used to do. That was what, that was life before Christ. You have Christ now. You know, put off all that stuff. Put on the new man and um, allow the Lord to work in you that way. Thanks for listening to our friends Brent and Jeff on the Ultra Life. They rock! That was Dear X, You Don't Own Me by Disciple. <laughs> A double play. Before that, you heard Regime Change. Those are two great songs talking about the uh, changing of the guard, if you will. <laughs> you know, and Brent was, was right on. He was talking about how because of Christ, Christ has given us the victory that he's given us the strength to, to have victory over all these things, but he's also given us the choice. Um, we have the opportunity to hold on to those things if we want. It's not worth it. It's not a good life to live. You know, why would you continue in those things when you've been given the power to be free from them? That's like someone giving you a key, unlocking your handcuffs, and you walking free, and then running back to the handcuffs and putting them back on. It just doesn't make any sense. But a lot of people, myself included, have lived those that life, you know, where you're like, God, I know I'm free, and I know I have this new life to live, and it's there's so much promise there. It's out before me, but I just like this old stuff. I'm used to it. I like my comfy, dirty sweatshirt that has holes in it. You know what I mean? Like, we love to... God's like, here's this brand new suit. It's tailor-made fit for you. And you're like, I like these dirty pajama pants that have spaghetti stains on them. You know? It just doesn't <laughs> make any sense, but we do that. You know, that's our life. And he's like, get rid of the old. Old stinks. <laughs> Older is not better in this case. And um, it's so great to know that God has, he's given us this. And he says, it's the truth. You know, if you've heard him and have been taught by him, not taught about Jesus, you know, I know that Jesus did a couple things. He fed the 5,000 with two loaves and the fish and all that stuff. And or the five loaves and two fish. See, obviously I wasn't taught that much. Sorry, KJ52. <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> I uh, I messed up on the Colt KJ five two thing. Um, but he says, if you've been taught by him, that's where it comes. That you know, that's where the the, the change happens if we allow God Himself to teach us and uh, the truth that is in Jesus, and He gives us the power. You know, it says, therefore, putting away lying. It's like just put it away, man. Like we have that. It's like in our hands, we can look at what God has for us or what the world has and what our, we used to do. It's like, just put that away. You know, it's not even worth it. Put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. That ties in with what we talked about last week. We're all connected. If the body of Christ is not a healthy body, it's not going to be effective. If your leg is falling off, you're not going to run a marathon. You know, it's not going to work. Um <laughs> You know, that's why it's important for us to deal with these issues and to to be a healthy body because there's other people involved too and um, if we had all of us living in the new life well, how powerful could the body of Christ be you're unbelievable the ultra this is unbelievable I cannot believe this this is unbelievable this is unbelievable alright that was say now that you're sorry tying in with our verses coming up so stay tuned but now it's time for our unbelievable segment and we're talking about putting off the old putting on the new and brent suggested a great unbelievable segment the idea of a dressing room where we put off our clothes put on our new ones see if they work so i'm a guy so like i really kind of try to avoid fitting rooms at all costs yeah but my problem is is i'm like tall (laughs) and i'm also not like as thin as i used to be so 
it's like a trick to find the, a piece of apparel that fits me right. So yeah. I have to try everything on, which is really annoying. Um, so so I always got to go find like the fitting room person, you know, yeah. who has the key that lets you <laughs> in. And of course, they're always counting your garments to make sure yeah. that, you know, you don't put something on and then walk out the store with it yeah. without paying for it or something. Um, who does that? Well, I don't know. But <laughs> it's like... It used to be, and I haven't seen these in a while, but you used to like sign up for how many garments you were taking in. They used to give you the little plastic number. I, yeah, I still it. get that every, every once I've in a never, while. I've yeah. never, yeah, I guess I don't most, shop those Most stores. fitting rooms are unattended nowadays <laughs> that I've gone into. It's like there's stuff strewn about. Right. You're like, what happened in here? <laughs> like somebody just exploded a bunch of clothes. Right. And there's like little pins. Like you have to be oh, careful. Like, yeah. not, like don't like to walk because you have to take your shoes off to put yeah. your tie on pants. And it's like, you're worried you're going to step on a little pin, you know, that we're in the shirts and stuff. That is the worst. I know. And <clears throat> and then it's always, like, awkward when you want to take your significant other person, like your my wife. Like, yeah, with you want somebody else's opinion. It's like, you want to, like, show it off, but then you're like, oh, my God, I shouldn't yeah. be, like, showing off my clothes. You yeah. know what I mean? And then there's other people sitting there outside waiting, too, and you're, like, showing off to them. Like, yeah. I would never show off to you. <laughs> Not the other cir- circumstance. But. You feel the need to do a turn. Right. <laughs> you're like, eh, eh. No, it is awkward because you're like, make me can, I, can, can, can you come in here? <laughs> I feel like I'm like a little kid again and I need my dad's help to pull right, up my exactly. pants. <laughs> it's like, uh, James, can you come in? <laughs> this is too snug in the rear. <laughs> it's so awkward and uncomfortable. Meanwhile, they're like, your, your wife's off dealing with the kids like across the end of the store. Yeah. Like, Hello? Anybody there? <laughs> Where'd you go? Yeah. <laughs> Like James. I'm not wearing my pants on. I have someone else's <laughs> pants on right now. <laughs> You're like in your like heart boxers, like the classic right. cartoon. Like the Could you give hearts. me the next size up, please? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I I find that that portion of clothes shopping is is very awkward. I just every time I dr- I almost dread clothes shopping. I love getting the clothes and bringing them home and having something yeah. new to wear. But, like, the process of trying it on and going through that whole mess, like, I literally feel very awkward. Like, I shouldn't be doing some of these things in public. Yeah. The, what's really frustrating for me is, you know, I usually shop at places like the discount places, like Kohl's and Marshall's and stuff. So, it's not the most organized. So, you get, like, a, like oh, here's my size. And it's on the hanger. But you don't look at the actual garment because you assume that it's right. right. And then you get all the way to the dressing room, which is probably like five miles from where you actually shop. Small. And you're, you're like, small, what? Or it's like, it's an irregular size. Like it says it's a double XL or an XL, but it's actually like a medium. It's labeled wrong. And you feel so terrible about yourself because you can't fit into a double XL. You're like, yeah, how fat have I gotten? This is atrocious. Anyway, it's not that fun for your self-esteem. There's nothing you can really do to prepare to rock. Do you prepare to eat a delicious meal? No. Are you hungry? Then you're going to eat it. And I'm hungry for rock 24-7. The Alter Life. With Brent and Jeff. And as we continue on, talking about the old man, putting the old man off and putting on the new man. Taking the old garments off and putting on the new ones. Um, The garments of righteousness and holiness. Pretty cool. Verse 25 says, Therefore, putting away lying... Let each one of you speak truth. Put it away. Jeff was saying, you know, just like, you know, you don't want to play with that toy anymore. You kind of put it away. (laughs) It's like put it in the closet, never to be pulled out again. Join all the other stuff in the basement you never take out of the box. But somehow you still need to keep it around. Um, Be angry and do not sin. 
Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. And that's interesting. You know, he, he's going through some examples of some things that I think he observes the Gentiles and how they would walk, you know, and how how they act. And, he, you know, it's funny the ones he picks out because it, it kind of goes with the beginning of this chapter, which we talked about last week, which is what are the things that can tear down the body, you know, in terms of breaking up the unity. Um, but definitely lying is something we see that can can damage um, the body, you know, speaking falsities against each other and um, also being angry with each other and allowing the anger to, you know, allowing it to be sinful to the extent that it's just, it's wrath and we, we hold it bitterness against each other, you know, we hold things against each other and we don't deal with it, you know, um, we let those things fester. Yeah, I mean, giving place to the devil, if he doesn't need... You know, he's like a mouse. He just needs an inch. You know, like, I'm always amazed when you, you hear about, like, these animals and they get through, like, these tiny little holes. And you're like, how did they get in here? Like, how did they... Look, they ate my entire trash can or whatever. You know, it's like, where did they get in? Through this little crack. And that's what it's like with the enemy. You know, like, if you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. And it, any type of um, inconsistency or weakness in our flesh, the enemy's going to pounce. And that's what he's saying. He's like, don't... You know, we look at the gross sins. We're like, oh, stop drinking and getting drunk and beating people up and sleeping around and all that stuff. Put that stuff away. But then he's like, don't be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't have an argument with your wife and then go to sleep without resolving that issue because that's where the enemy starts. So we, we got to be careful. What do you say we uh, crank it up a notch? I'm intrigued. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. I don't fit in at all. I don't, the cry. Yeah. Uh, That's what I say in the dressing room. Yeah, I don't fit in it at all. No. Um, it's interesting how he says, do not let the sin go down, the, the sun go down on your wrath. Don't give the, the devil an inch. Because I think, you know, it starts there, right? And we were talking about that in the beginning. You know, the first time you do something, I feel really bad. And then the second time you do it, I feel bad, but not as bad as I used to feel. And then you keep doing it. And over time, it's like, that's not bad, is it? Like you, yeah. you get so numb and desensitized to your sin, and I think that's what this is about. It's like you know, don't lie, don't even let give the devil an inch, because you know you'll continue. You know, I just find when you, you know, in my own life, if I've been angry with someone and I don't deal with it, every time I see them, I remember, yeah, <laughs> and then I avoid walking the direction they are, and then I like, you know. I think of ways not to talk to them so I don't have to deal with it and then like I, but I continue then I start talking about them with other people and then like you get to the point where it just gets it snowballs into you know sin <laughs> like I'm basically just sinning I'm, I'm just hating my brother you yeah. know and um, and that's what he's talking about that's the way that the Gentiles walk but Gentiles would walk in complete futility you know and they would just be numb to what they're what's going on and in contrast put away those things um, you know, which is which is an interesting, interesting concept there. Yeah, he says, um, giving place to the devil. Let him who steals, stole, stole, steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, reason that he may have something to give him who has need. He doesn't say, stop stealing and then just become married to your work so you can just get all this stuff. You know, like I think we a lot of times we like we put all that energy in something else that seems productive and positive, but it's just another form of sin in, in a lot of ways. You know, it's like I used to be 
you know, <laughs> I used to be a drug dealer. Now I sell drugs, but I give the money to the church, you know, or, or you know, like we do different things. To, you know, he's saying you should work so that you have money so that you can give it to other people so you can help everything comes back to the edification it all ties together as brent was saying earlier you know it should be the opposite of of what it once was where you're losing feeling Uh, you know the more you do something it should be like the less you do it the more sensitive you are to it you know what i mean like you you sin less but you repent more as somebody said you know you get to the sensitivity grows back you know that would be great (laughs) and he goes on here he says let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth Oh, okay. Uh, that one makes, you know, I was good with the the lying and the angry one. I'm not a person who gets angry very much, so that was easy for me. And, you know, yeah. I haven't stolen anything in a while, I don't yeah. think. Um, but this one gets you, right? Yeah. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Okay, so I am totally not, ask my wife, I am not someone who frequently imparts grace to my hearers <laughs> okay um you know and it's 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 not something i'm proud of you know joke around about it but uh, you know really like i i need a lesson in in knowing how to have my words seasoned with salt you know so so you know to be able to clearly communicate love to people you know i i tend to want to make fun of people i tend to want to make people you know see me see you see how different we are yeah. <laughs> like and and really you know to, to speak truth that's edifying each other and to speak grace to the hearers. That's something that I think the Lord would really want to do in me. So it's encouraging to me to know that, you know, one, that God loves me and he's forgiven every word that I've ever said. And uh, he will continue to forgive me in this. I know because I haven't gotten there yet. And I never, you know, we're never completely always there because we have the old nature. But, um, man, that's another thing just to be to not allow a corrupt word to come out of our mouth. You know, and the Gentiles, you know, I mean, you know, you work with them. You know, you go to school with the folks that, you know, they're always got a sick joke. They've always got something that they're they're talking about that's like, what are you talking about? You know, and you kind of, you know, I shouldn't be talking about this, but somehow you find yourself in the middle of the conversation yeah. laughing it off and uh, joining in. And it's like, no, we've been called to righteousness. We've been called to put off that stuff and to put on the new man. Um, and to be separate and holy. Yeah, I mean, by us te- by us saying these things, it's not that Brent and I have gotten it. You know, we still are struggling with these very things. You know, like that someone when they would hear what we say, it would be imparting grace to them. You know, it's just I wish. You know, I wish I was someone that people would be able to say. You know, every time I hear that guy speak, he always has like a kind word. You know, like that's not me. <laughs> like if people. You say like, wow, he had a kind word for him to say somebody? That's amazing. You know, it's more the other way around, unfortunately. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We had an episode about that a long time ago, and that's how much it would take is a whole episode to talk about that verse. Um, you know, just in doing what, by going back to our old ways, you know, that's that grieves the Holy Spirit because the Spirit is what empowers us to live the new life. And the Holy Spirit is grieved when we neglect that and neglect his work and say, you know what? You're not powerful enough to keep me from these works and these old things. And that's convicting to me even to say, you know, um, when we get to that point of beyond, you know, I remember, I think it's Paul that says, circumcise the foreskin of your hearts, (laughs) you know, like it's like you're hardened, you're calloused. You need to get rid of that, make it pliable and soft and sensitive again. 
so that the leading of the Holy Spirit will be what you follow and that you wouldn't be grieving the Holy Spirit by your actions or by how you pursue things or or how you hang on to the things that we have been you know, crucified to, as Paul says in Galatians 2.20. Um, but he says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. You see how it always comes back? It always comes back to forgiveness and unity and the body of Christ. You know, like, think about it. We say that and we throw it around and we're like, okay, the body of Christ, that means the church or whatever. But think about it like Christ's body. You know, like if we were, if we're thinking about it that way, it's got to be, we got to be living as a body that is effective and powerful, just like Christ was when he was on earth. You know, he was in physical form ministering to the people. That's what we are now that he's ascended to the right hand of God. That's what we are called to do, to minister to his people. The Altar Life. Seeing isn't believing. With Brent and Jeff. Believing is seeing. Live it. You know, don't just talk about it. Don't just read it tonight. Live it. You know, and when we we talk about this passage, you know, I, I used to read, when I was a younger Christian, I used to read these kinds of things and I would try to okay I gotta be less bitter I have to be less wrathful I have to be less angry I have to you know and I would start putting a trip on myself to I gotta try really hard now to do all these things you know and I look at this now and I read this and I I'm, I'm reading it with a different perspective you know because I know that I'm gonna fail in my own attempt to do all these things and I know that what God has done through the work of Jesus is he's called us to calling you know he's given us all spiritual blessings in Christ. He's given us the ability to walk in the things that he's called us to. And he's given us a calling to walk this way, you know? And um, we're going to continue on as we go into future episodes here about walking in what in the spirit and what does this really smell smell like, you know, next week. You know, what does it really look like to to walk in the spirit? But, you know, you know, when I look at where, where Paul's at here and he's saying, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you. You know, he has pointed you to Jesus and he sealed you and he's empowering you to be able to live the way you are called. And, you know, when we don't do that and we just walk the way that the Gentiles walk in, in the blindness and the futility of our own minds, it's almost like we're ignoring all the wonderful things that God has done. We're ignoring the calling. We're ignoring his work on the cross. We're we're ignoring all those things because, and, and we're choosing to just stay in something that we don't belong in anymore. That old garment that just it shouldn't fit anymore, but we're still trying to wear it, you know. And um, you know, he ends this chapter great, you know, where he says, "Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you." You know, He's forgiven you tonight, and. Um, you know, we're never going to live up to those things in and of our own strength. But because the Holy Spirit is inside of us, we have the power to live according to those things. Yeah, just to close out the night, let's ask God to to do this in our lives on a daily basis. Every time we wake up, we should be saying, Lord, I know you've done it. I know it's been done on the cross, but let me today put off those old things. Let me put on Christ. You know, just like the 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 things that are important for us and that we would live our life dedicated to him each day. So, until next week, be cool cats. Live for Christ. The Altar Life. Music, truth, real, period. Music.